You are now tuned in to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast, where moms from all walks of life share their stories about the obstacles they faced in motherhood. I invite you to join the village to be motivated, inspired, educated, but most importantly, I want you to know that you're not alone. So let's get started. Welcome back. You are now tuned in to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast, and I am your host, Natasha. I hope everyone is doing well today, and I hope that you are conquering motherhood and not letting motherhood conquer you. Um, so today we have another special guest in the studio. His name is Gregory Arnold Jr., and Gregory is a 10-year Army vet, and he is currently working as the assistant assistant director of security for a company called Wellpath here in South Carolina, and they handle all the mental health patients here. But most importantly, Mr. Arnold is my husband. That's right. He is my husband. He is a major part of my village. He is my answered prayer. He is my my earthly protector. He is my rock. He is my safe space. He is my baby, Zaddy. He is my everything. So I would like to welcome my husband to the show. Hey, baby. Hello, love. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. We had um, a few technical difficulties before we got started. So this is like our second recording. But um, thank you, babe, for taking time. Not like you really had too much of a choice, but taking time to do this for me tonight. I think there's a you're welcome that goes with that. But for the people that I just want to let y'all know. God, I just want to let y'all know my husband doesn't have a filter so I gave him the briefing told him to behave I will clean it up as much as I can at the end but my husband doesn't have a filter anyway so Greg please let the audience know who you are as a person in your own words I gave them my spiel so you now you need to tell them who you are as a person uh 43 year old black man uh, father of four, husband to one. Say she don't want to have extras. She not guess I got to deal with that. Um, I who likes to work. She said, "Ten year army vet." Uh, I just try to be a leader to those who I'm around. Try to be an example for my kids. Try to treat my wife the way that she's supposed to be treated, and just to my friends and family, be the person that I am. I think we all play a role. Everybody's got a role in every situation they're in. I try to be the role. And I be the person in the role I know I am. So I just try to be who I am to the people I need to be there for. That's the one thing I love the most about my husband. Who he is, and he's gonna be who he's gonna be, no matter the situation, no matter who is around him at the time. He's always the same person. He's the one person that I can count on. I know he ain't gonna never fold. He ain't gonna never switch up on me, even though when I get on his number sometimes. So, um. I don't know if I should let my husband tell our back story because you might get some distorted version of the truth. Do you want to tell our, our history, honey? I used to stalk me for a decade and then eventually okay. to Walmart and kiss me. And now we got two kids and a marriage and a mortgage. That could be... Accurate. Okay. Okay. So that went left quickly. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that... Um, I actually met my husband in 2005. Yeah, like 2005, we were both stationed at Fort Bragg. 
so before we started dating, we were friends for like 10 years. And I mean, like just strictly friends, nothing, there was no messing around, no dating. We were just strictly friends. We have been friends so long that I used to babysit my stepdaughter. That's how long we've been friends. But um, eventually in 2015, we reconnected and um, he could stop stalking me. And then he trapped me with a baby and that's where Corey came from. And now here we are. We have two kids. So anyway, um, my husband is a, he's the biggest part of my village because he's the one that's here with me every day, every day, day in, day out. He's here with me. So he is the biggest part of my village. And I thought it would be um, important for people to hear um, his side of my postpartum depression and what he had to deal with, uh, with his brand new wife and brand new baby and you know having to deal with the fact that his wife was slowly but surely losing her marbles so if you are ready babe you can you can tell your story um i, I guess first thing is i had no idea that postpartum was really real thing hear people talk about it but prior to you prior to us my first daughter she didn't live with me so i didn't get the chance to experienced that with her mom. I was overseas in Korea. I came home she was one. So I didn't get to see that part. Uh, with Corey, I didn't notice it first. I just thought, okay, well, you know, she's just tired. So as a husband, I guess he was kind of sit back and say, well, she's tired. I'll deal with everything. Three months to two, what you like? Damn, she's still tired. Okay, well, you know, cool. I'll deal with it. And then you start, you know, you ask your friends questions. You hear your wife talking about this postpartum thing. But as a man, it's something that you just don't, it's nothing that you've ever dealt with if it's your first time. So, you know, you just kind of, okay, whatever. You try to help her as much, but you still don't understand it. And I guess looking back on it now, not knowing that you felt the way you did, I, you know, I feel bad because maybe there was something I could do more than just, you know, okay, I'll get the girls and I'll get the baby. Okay, I'll cook, don't worry about it. Maybe I could have gotten you to see someone faster. I could have been more, I guess, emotionally supportive of you versus just not knowing and doing shit that dudes normally do. I don't do it. I come home. I like to cook. I like to clean. So when things ain't the way I want them, I've generally got something to say about it. So in hindsight, I guess like what I said, you know, I feel like maybe I could have done a little bit more. But for me, I just had no idea what postpartum was or even when I found out what it was, trying to understand why you had it and why you had it for so long, and then trying to figure out what I could do to support you through that. I mean, it was, it was very difficult for me. Not just that thing between you and I was stressed. Most times, baby court crying, you look at me like, I just can't. And I'm looking like, shit, I can't either, but somebody's got to. And so a lot of it, I would just get up and do it. Across the frustration builds and it mounts and eventually it explodes then everything gets better and then because you didn't get the help that you needed and hell you probably didn't know you needed at that point the cycle would just go over and over and over again you add to that our adult kids and their lives and them being who they are our families work you getting out the army retiring I think a lot of that just built and uh, at some point it's just too much for you to deal with 
and I may have been in times that I kind of noticed that hey something is really wrong this isn't going the way that it's supposed to go and that kind of pushed me to figure hey I work with all these psychiatrists psychologists all these social workers all these clinical therapists hey y'all what do I do to try to make this better for her how do I talk to her about it and you know not push her buttons not make her feel inferior and not make her feel like something is wrong while trying to push her to get some help trying to get her to see that this will get better but it won't get better if you don't go get the help you need so for me it was just a lot of that and trying to figure that portion of how to be a good husband out and I think that's what I struggle with the most just trying to get to figure out where you were with it so um how did you handle your frustration I know that um there was a period of time where things were very tense in our home and um like you said we had the two teenagers and Corey and me dealing with something we didn't know I had postpartum but we just knew something wasn't right so when you became frustrated how did you how did you handle your frustrations so for me, I got a small group of people I deal with. A very small group of people. Count them all on one hand. So those are the people I would talk to. And with those people, I could talk to them about anything and never feel judged. Also with those people, when I'm right, I'm right. But if I'm wrong, they're going to pop my hand and tell me I'm wrong. I'm my best friend, Jovelle Freeman. I love that girl from here to the moon with that. When I would talk to her, she'd be like, Greg, you just need to listen. I'm like... Why the hell I need to listen? Shit, my goddamn nerves. But Joville was always that sounding board I need to say, hey, bro, you know, you need to listen. It's not all about you. And, you know, although you're frustrated, you can express it. You need to make sure she gets what she needs. Uh, and a couple other friends I could just talk to, even if they didn't give me any feedback that I wanted to hear, I could get my thoughts out to them and then find a different way to say what I wanted to say to you without being as much of a jerk. Or as y'all call me an asshole, as I can be. So I would just use I would use my people because those are the same people I've used since I've been 18, and, uh, and I've been successful using them to be able to talk through my problems, or you know, just they may guide me through what I'm going through. And I appreciate them for that because had I not had my people, had I been the same person I was in 2004, 2005 with Mick, yeah, we probably both be out here single trying to figure out. I think parents to one kid and that too, so I uh, thank God for my little small group that I have and I'm glad I was able to listen. Um was there any point where you tried to talk to me and like I may have shut you down or made you feel like your feelings were invalid? Oh, maybe, maybe with you anytime you don't want to hear what somebody got to say. Postpartum, regular partum, prepartum. If you don't want to hear, you ain't gonna hear. But that's not that was not really a thing for me. Even when you write, if you don't want to, I could be telling you right. If you don't want to hear, you ain't trying to hear nothing because that time ain't what you want to hear. But I don't normally get in my feelings about stuff. I'm pretty pretty mature when it comes to how things happen and not reacting initially and making sure that I think things through before I say them about 90% of the time. 
Um, I never asked you this question before, but during that time, is there a point or was there a point that you didn't think that our marriage was going to make it? Uh, yeah, because we didn't have sex. I was like, well, yeah, I'm looking about four months. Maybe she'll touch me this week. But again, not knowing and not understanding, I'm like, damn, am I supposed to do something different? Is there something I'm doing wrong? And at some point, you start to wonder, is there something wrong with you? But again, with growth and maturity, you learn that this is not about you. It's not about how you feel. It's about what she needs to get back to who she needs to be. And a lot of that can't be done in the home. A lot of it has to be done with you and a professional that you needed to talk to at the time. Because someone needs to help you process those feelings and kind of maybe guide you out of what you're going through. And that was something I didn't know, nor could I do it. And so, of course, it was frustrating. Because that's my thing. You know, I don't want you to bother me and I don't want to take me nowhere. You know, grab your cheeks and I'm good to go. That's me. But not knowing the frustration built. Um, yes, we all know how important that is. Well, I know how important that is to you. I hope yes. everybody else don't know. <laughs> that came out wrong. Anyway, so um, my next question, well, I guess it's a comment that can turn into a question. So I would like to say that we were not prepared for the change of having a new baby because yes, we do both have children prior to this relationship, but due to our military service, we couldn't be there as much as we wanted to for them. So it's almost like we became first time parents all over again. Um, This is the first experience that me and you both had with being in the house with the children that we had and raising them fully on our own. So would you say that like we were not prepared because we really had no clue as to what was going to happen? Of course we weren't prepared. Everybody thinks they know and then they don't know. I think I was 21 when Amber was born. And I had 16 years to that. Bad back, bad legs. Uh, a job where I actually got to go, not the armor where I could go when I please because I had a nice little cushy job. And now you're doing this with someone. You both got your own opinion on how things needed to be done. I mean, with older girls, they were 16, 15, 16. So, you know, there's only so much we need to do. Hey, don't go out and act damn fool. With a new baby, you gotta, hey, how are we gonna do this? Oh, you feel this way? Well, I feel that one. You know, so there were a lot of things that we had to, you know, kind of mesh. And of course, there are a lot of things that we don't agree on. Like, I ain't really big on how people feel about nothing. I don't care. You just have some hurt feelings messing with me because I don't pay for your feelings. But my wife is built that way. My wife is very, my wife is not very emotional. She's cognizant of others' feelings. I like how you put that. (laughs) I still gotta go sleep tonight. That's right. Every day, my husband tells me that I'm in my feelings. It ain't, ain't lie. But we had to mail our parents' techniques. And because, like you said, we didn't spend as much time as we would have liked with our older kids when they were smaller. Who the hell know what them parenting techniques are going to be because I stayed deployed, you stayed deployed. 
I stayed on Fort Bragg, you stayed on Fort Bragg, and then you left and went to another, you went left and went to Stewart. Like, that wasn't much of a change. You deployed again, I got out, I went overseas to make money. By the time we both got back, our kids were, you know, almost at that age where they don't need as much round the clock guidance. So Corey was a new, uh, she was a new task. And, and she didn't sleep. She didn't sleep at all. So that yeah. was the hardest portion. She just yes. didn't sleep. So um, with Corey, Corey, uh, she is my biggest baby. Uh, Corey was born at nine pounds, half ounce, and I think she was almost 21 inches long. Um, Corey was, she was actually late. Her due date was April 24th. She was only a day late because we ended up having a scheduled C-section because when we went into uh, my last checkup appointment and they measured her, she was already at nine pounds. And they gave us the option, you know, we could either, you know, just let her stay and come in on her own or um, they would induce me, but because of her size, how big she was and how small I am, they didn't think um, that that would be safe. They just assumed that I was gonna run into problems during delivery because she was just such a big baby. So uh, we both opted to have a scheduled C-section. And um, yeah, it, it a, lot, a lot went into it. I did not produce enough milk to, uh, to keep my baby full so that added to my stress and him not knowing because he wasn't you know there for his first child um, not knowing what I was feeling or what I was experiencing and the frustrations behind me not being able to breastfeed my daughter the way I wanted to I think that kind of built up a lot of a lot of frustration between us because I don't know. I don't know. Either one of us thought that we, like, things would just go back to normal after I had her. I, like, I don't know what we were expecting. I don't know what we thought was going to happen after Corey got here. But it was definitely a drastic change. And on top of the fact that she didn't sleep, Corey didn't sleep through the night up until she was maybe almost three or four. So, almost four. that did put almost four. Matter of fact, Corey didn't start sleeping to the night through the night, excuse me, almost until I delivered James. I delivered James. So, um, so of course, we have two children together. We have Corey and we have James. When I found out that I was pregnant or when I told you that I was pregnant with James, what was your first initial thought? Be honest. I'm going to get some my ass when she get too pregnant. I can't get no more. But it didn't bother me. I wasn't mad. I was like, okay, cool. Were you, were you a little bit nervous thinking that maybe we were going to have the same issues that we did after Corey was born? I'm a very practical person. So me and I was like, okay, well, we already got through that. If it happens again, at least I know what to expect. I'm not going anywhere. So my concern wasn't, uh, it wasn't out there like that. Okay, cool. Okay. You've been here, so we'll figure it out. So, at what point do you, I don't know if you remember, but at what point was it that you finally decided, hey, Tasha needs to get some help, and I need I need to make sure she gets it. I don't know. I, I think it's between a mix of Corey not sleeping 
he crying for no reason, just out of the blue. And then with the breastfeeding thing, because I and I, I feel bad now because I really baby. She ain't got enough milk. Get ass some uh, formula. Stop pumping and you'll be fine. But I didn't understand. I still don't always understand the connection with that. But I understand that it means so much to me. So, I mean, I, I just didn't get it. But I knew that was a big problem. And that's when I started talking to the people at work, you know, the professionals. that you're kind of trying to edge you to, hey, maybe you should talk to somebody. I got her and I got the big kids. Go ahead and go talk to somebody. Do what it is that you need to do because I need you helping. And I started not joking as much about it, you know, but trying to be a little more firm in my suggestions that you get some help. I will admit that it did anger me a little bit when I would try to tell you what was going on and you didn't really receive it, but then you would go and talk to the therapist at work and then you'd have this revelation. And in my head, I'd be like, I just said that. That did frustrate me, frustrate me a little bit. Um, so like, try to get me some help a little bit sooner. Uh, you would have taken it seriously a little bit sooner. But uh, outside of that, is there anything else that you think that maybe you could have done differently to help me through this process? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't think either of us expected it. I don't think either of us knew what to really look for with postpartum. So I mean, all in all, I think we handled it the best way that we could. You know, we, we ain't as young as we used to be. If we was in our 20s still, having kids, we probably could have ignored most of it because we would have the energy to deal with it. But you add work, retirement, which is a, a big thing in itself, uh, a new marriage, blending kids. We know each other, we get along when it when, when it's convenient for them. Me starting a new job, then me taking a promotion because I don't care, like I kids pay for it. And then, you know, we, we bought a house. So we did a lot in a very short period of time. So I think all of that plays a part too because that's a lot of be stressed. What if this doesn't work? What if our marriage doesn't work? What if our kids don't get along? What if we don't know what the hell we're doing with this baby? If our marriage don't work, what we do with this brand new house we just bought? Who gonna go where? Who gonna do what? It's a lot. What if retirement doesn't work? You know, what do I do if none of this works? And it's just a lot. It's a lot of stress. And then you're pregnant, you had me at the postpartum to it and all those other stresses. I don't I don't think that was anything that we could plan I mean, looking back at it, you know, there was really not a lot to worry about, but the unknown always sucks, especially when everything is so new. So I don't think there's anything we could have done any different. To be honest, there's a, there's a lot of it I don't remember. There's portions that I just don't remember. So how do we make it through? Like, maybe you can explain it. How did we make it to where we are at now? Because what Corey was born... We hadn't been married a year yet, and now we're coming up on year seven. So how did we make it? I don't think we hold grudges. I think that's a good thing. I think we're a lot more mature than than most people are to have to go through this kind of thing. We're definitely a lot more mature than we were when we had our first kids. Because if, if we was in our 20s, this wouldn't work. You'd be single, have a hot boy <laughs> summers, hot girl summers, with your daddy shorts, sundress season. We'd be out there doing all that. But when you look at what you value when you're older, like I value our family, I value my time. Even when it's rough, I value it because 
I know. I know a million one percent that on the other side of this door ain't nothing out there but headaches and heartaches. And I ain't got time for either one. So you take understanding that and the actual want to be with the person with because it is you know, you know our, our relationship is genuine. So I think that that our like I said, our, our story, who we are, had a lot to do with us getting here. Some prayer and just having the people around us that are helpful for us. I think that's one thing couples fail that when they're going through things like this, they don't always have the most positive people around them. You don't have them problems that we got a certain amount of people we deal with, or a certain group of people we deal with, and that's it. So when you have people who are positive in your life, they kind of help you build and help you grow. Do you have them to lean on? If somebody needs to come get Corey for a day or for a few hours, we had those people here. You know, and I, if we need to just go out, you and I get something to eat. We had three teenagers here. We could leave Corey for a few hours and go. And, you know, and, and I think that helped a lot versus just being you and I in the house in our 30s with a new baby that won't sleep. Trying to stick out who we are and the people we kept around us was a major help with it. I will say that depression, what I will say is that we are very protective of the energy. I know you don't like that word, honey. Despite we are very protective. I know we are very protective of our home and the people that we bring into our space. So that doesn't allow for a lot of negativity. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's just me and you, you know, not me, you and the kids, it's just me and you. And so if our foundation isn't strong, then of course it is not going to work. And uh, I'm grateful that me and you, we have that, um, we have that connection. We, we think alike in that area. We don't think alike on a lot of areas, but we think alike in that area that like, if it's going to bring us drama or headache, we just don't deal with it. And that's family members included. We have cut family members off, completely off. We love you, but we gonna love you from over here. You gonna stay out there. So, um, before we go, babe, what would you tell another man that is currently in your situation or currently in your past situation or they have their significant other is pregnant um like what words of advice or what words of encouragement can you give for them so they kind of like I know you can't give them all the answers you can't tell them everything but just what would you want somebody have told you prior to Corey being born in my my postpartum um, for me, I just think as a whole, you gotta, I'm, I'm a very practical person. So, you know, if it's a tree, it's a tree. I don't care what kind of thing on tree it is. You'll be able to try to figure out what kind of tree it is, what tree gonna do, which way the tree gonna go. I know it's a tree. So I just tell guys, take things as they are. Take a deep breath. It isn't gonna last forever, but you have to be very practical in what you do and what you say. Take the time to think before you respond. And understand that the whole of y'all is way bigger than the sum of y'all parts. Because you can go out there and do her thing, she can go out there and do her thing, where your kid gonna be at in the middle. Now, if that's what you want, that's fine. But none of us really want that. You want that unit that we built. So take a moment and think before you act. Take a deep breath. Think about what can and what will happen 
if you say the wrong thing. And then move forward. I think the only thing I didn't do was talk to you more about how I felt. But you know me, I put my feelings on the back to get us where we need to be and then I'll deal with us. And that may be some of that guy's out too because you got to get your woman through it because none of us want to raise a kid by itself. So just, just take a moment to breathe, fellas. It's going to be okay in the end if you trust the process. And the process is y'all and the love that you have for one another and the bond that you built. Oh, that's why I love you, boy. Oh. <laughs> Wish y'all could see the look on my face right now. Anyway, thank you, babe, for doing this for me. I know we, I've been asking you for this for about a month now. Life has been life in us, and so we just now got a chance to do this and get this out the way. But I think it was important for other people to hear your perspective because you had to go through it with me. Yes. Um, we had people to help. Yes, we had other people to talk to. Yes, I went to therapy. Yes, I was on medication. But you were in here with me day in, day out, struggling, trying to make it work, trying to, you know, just trying to live and and not let life take us under. So um, I appreciate your perspective. And I love you, boy. You all right. I love you, too. All right, y'all. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that you got something from my husband's very real and very raw um, experience of dealing with my postpartum depression. So uh, once again, I just want to let you know that motherhood is hard, but you are not out here in the struggle alone. And if no one else has told you today, I love you and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify Podcasts. That helps other moms like me and you find the show and build our village. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on IG at thevillage underscore ME, and we can keep the conversation going on Facebook with the Facebook Motherhood Edition Facebook group. Talk to you soon. Bye.